Hello and welcome to Twitter Travels for Pete, my adventure of meeting Pete Buttigieg supporters across the country. I'm your host, Sue Ann Rollins. When I'm not teaching advanced ESL to adult immigrants, I'm traveling around the country as a standby passenger, meeting Twitter friends who love Pete. For this first episode, I'd like to talk about my home base, Minnesota, Minnesota for Pete in particular. So today I have some Minnesota for Pete people. I have Gina, Melanie, Mary, and Steve. First, I'm going to start with Melanie and Gina. I'd like to talk about the history of our Minnesota for Pete group, very, very grassroots. Um, But before we start, I'd like to know why Pete? What is it about Pete that you love? Because, you know, that's how we start all of our Pete meets, where we get together and and, uh, bring in new volunteers. We always go around the table and ask people what they like about Pete. So I'm going to start with Melanie. And first, if you could tell us what you do in life, what your um, situation is. I, I always think it's interesting to know that we are all from different walks of life and different professions. Yeah, um, my name is Melanie, and I am an early career elementary music teacher. So it's my fifth year um, doing that, and um, I'm getting married to my fiance in December. December, woo, December. That's, that's like in a month, right? It's it's coming down <laughs> to it. Um, and uh, we have two fur children, which is millennial speak for cats. So. Okay, good. I guess I run the Minnesota for Pete Twitter account, which is pretty cool. Yeah, but but can you first tell us how you what you like about Pete, how you found yeah. found um, out about him? I could talk about this like all day <laughs> about why I support him over other candidates, um, but I kind of just narrowed it down to a few bullet pointed things. Um, first of all, Pete gives me hope that I just haven't had in the last three or so years. Um, And I see a lot of myself in him and his campaign and his values. Um, He doesn't take the bait, but he can stand up for um, his views and his positions and himself when he's challenged on it. Um, I like that he's a new generation of leadership. As a millennial myself, I like Pete, and I believe he's what we need to lead this country into the future um, with a fresh and modern perspective that other candidates might not have the same take on that he does. Um, he knows the issues so thoroughly that he can talk about them from any angle and he answers questions instead of avoiding them, which I also really like. I've been so sick of listening to debates and um, hearing politicians talk and I just think they didn't answer the question. That wasn't the question that was asked to them. And Pete, I've never heard him avoid a question like ever. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. Have you ever worked on a campaign before? Um, I have not. I've always been politically active since I've been a teenager. Um, but I've never volunteered for a campaign like this before. I guess the closest I've gotten was being a statewide delegate for Bernie in 2016. Um, that's that's pretty involved. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, but I mean that's not in like an official I I showed up for some conventions and that was about it. 
Um, but mm-hmm. I guess I also helped ha- hang up signs for a Hillary rally in 2008, but that was before I could vote. <laughs> so the level of involvement for, for Pete is a it, lot more. Exponentially more than before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to get uh, Gina in here to tell us uh, about your background and how you found Pete. Sure thing. So my name is Gina. Um, I am from Sioux Ann's wonderful state of Minnesota, born and raised. I am a mom, a wife, a full-time worker, and before Pete, my whole lifetime of political involvement was uh, writing some postcards during the midterms, and that was it. So Pete's really my first foray into grassroots campaigning for any candidate. I was first drawn to Pete back in, I think it was January. Um, A friend had posted on Facebook that he's one to watch, and he mentioned intergenerational change. And I had to look that term up because I didn't know what it meant, but it sounded interesting. And intergenerational change and thinking about the future and understanding how policies can affect people, you know, 20, 30 years down the road and not just for the next four years sounded very appealing to me. And that's when I went down the Pete rabbit hole and started watching all the different videos. Yes, we call it going down the Pete rabbit hole. So if uh, the listener has not experienced that yet, uh, you soon will. Listening to Pete is just so calming, right? Like, (laughs) so, um, and, and as you watch more and more, you understand how he sees the complexity of all these different issues, like healthcare isn't a siloed issue, education isn't a siloed issue. These things are all interconnected, and he gets that. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Well, thank you, Gina. And I'm going to go back to Melanie, and you are Minnesota for Pete on Twitter. You are. Can you tell us how you got started? Because I <laughs> found you. I'm I'm mostly a Twitter gal, and I saw who's this Minnesota for Pete person. I mean, we have a Minneapolis for Pete, we have a St. Paul for Pete, and it's that's so, sort of how I found. I think the Facebook group eventually, kind of in a, a very roundabout way. Could you tell us yeah. about how Minnesota for Pete got started on on Twitter and Facebook? And yeah, for sure. So. I first heard of Pete back in January when he was on CBS This Morning, um, when I was just half asleep, kind of uh, waking up to the news. And I started to be interested and kind of went down the rabbit hole, as um, the saying is. And by March, it had kind of started taking over my life, um, as it happens, kind of. And I needed an outlet for all of my, like obsessed of like this guy is amazing and he needs to be our president posts that would probably have driven away all of my friends and my family just by the sheer volume of posts that I would have made. Um, So I just decided to start a Twitter account um, and I said, oh, there are some other accounts popping up from states. I guess I don't see a Minnesota one. I guess I'll make it. And from there, I kind of started live tweeting different TV appearances that he was on. And I got roped into this larger grassroots community. um, And we started organizing nationwide on Twitter. Um, We did some initiatives, uh, like fundraising initiatives. Our big one at first that we thought was the coolest thing was the first three-peat Twitter fundraiser. Um, Looking back, it was definitely a really small impact, but we thought it was like the biggest thing that we've ever done. which was really, it was really cool. Um, the best part I think about running this Twitter has been meeting my like 
Twitter team, like the other state accounts, the other like fan accounts. Um, like there's one for like every kind of interest you can think of from like crafting to gaming to musicians to like small communities and cities. And that's been really cool to meet all kinds of people. Um, I've actually also found a Dungeons and Dragons group out of <laughs> out of my uh, Twitter uh, people. So like all kinds of people coming together just for Pete has been the coolest part, I think. Do you know how the Facebook, the, so you're not, you're on Facebook now, but you weren't then uh, because Saren started a Facebook group, right. Minnesota for Pete, and now you're on Facebook also, correct? Right. Well, I mean, I've had a personal Facebook for yeah. <laughs> a long time. Of course. But I, yeah, I didn't start out thinking, hey, I could be a part of a Facebook group because I don't usually go on Facebook groups. I just kind of post pictures and scroll through, you know, scroll, scroll through my friends' posts. But eventually I kind of thought, hey, you know, there's probably something going on. I I had kind of claimed one, like a, a Facebook page for like the same Twitter handle that I had, but I wasn't really active on it very much. So um, when I found like the real group that we have going on, the big one, I just said, oh, I'll just join this one and we'll kind of direct my group to that one and combine our efforts so that we can have a bigger grassroots um, presence. De- definitely grassroots because all these all of these people came and want, wanted to do something for Pete and make sure that he's our next president, but right. what do we do and how do we take charge? And, and, uh, and then we had... Um, Somebody do business cards. Lisa did that uh, for us yeah. to hand out at Pride. Those are great because um, they they have our, uh, like a QR code on there. So you can just scan the QR code and it takes you to the link of all of our social media and all of Pete's social media to, you know, get connected. And it's that's been really easy and just so simple to hand out a business card. And then Katie did T-shirts that say Minnesota for Pete and... Uh, we've just had a lot of people doing different things to, to get together. The other thing is that we would have these coffee meetups during the summer, and it always leading up to our huge event, which was to have a booth at the Minnesota State Fair. So I would like, Gina, can you tell us sort of what was involved in getting a booth at the Minnesota State Fair? Wow. Well, uh, the Minnesota State Fair is a, a tale of uh, overcoming adversity. We We had several um, hangups pop up on our on our path to the booth and we were able to overcome them all and basically pull a booth out of thin air at the last minute. So um, the Minnesota State Fair's deadline for asking for space is in June. So we started asking for campaign help very early in the year. Minnesota grassroots, we've just heard about how robust it is, how excited we all are. We were a little bit ahead of the campaign because I don't know if you remember back in June, they still had a very small staff, right? They've grown exponentially so fast that it's even hard to think about that at this point (laughs) based on how large they are. So when we went in and asked for booth space and funding, they weren't quite ready to to handle us yet. Uh, When they did get a director for the Midwest states in place, they it was late July, so we got our booth approval and our funding in late July, and the fair 
let us have the booth space, even though we were past the deadline, which is fantastic. But that was hurdle number one, because now we're one month out from the state fair, right? This is a very condensed timeline. And just to put it in perspective, the state fairgrounds open up for people to come in and start building their booths up on August 3rd. So this is this is very late in the process. And, and the state fair starts the third Thursday and the third Thursday of August. August. Yeah, runs for how many days? Twelve, 12 days. days. <laughs> the largest state fair and the best. <laughs> and that's why we were so excited in Minnesota, right? Because we're not just excited for Pete, but we know we've got the biggest state fair in the country, right? So 2.1 million people visited our state fair this year. So we got past that hurdle, and now it was time to get all the information from the state fair on how we go about getting our booth set up. And we got the guidelines from the fair in early August, and the direction said we had to have our booth professionally designed and professionally constructed, which I, I'm not sure we were quite ready for. Not at all. <laughs> so after getting a lot of clarification back and forth with the fair people, we found out that, yep, that did mean we needed a licensed contractor to help us build our booth. We weren't counting on that. So that's hang up number two. It actually was really easy to find someone to design the booth. Lisa, you mentioned about the business cards. She took it upon herself to go visit uh, some social media groups that were architects for Pete. She put out a call for help, and it was answered immediately, which is fantastic. The Twitter account, Architects for Pete, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. big shout out. Thanks. Thank Yay. you, Architects for Pete. So it just goes to show you, though, the power of Pete, right? That's the Pete effect. People want to help out when it's something for Pete. So... We had a drawing, which is fantastic. We were able to get that approved by the fair, one step down. We had uh, figured out how we were going to do funding with the campaign to get all of our materials bought and everything. We started parallel planning what our activities were going to be. We started uh, scoping out what our material list was, getting quotes for the materials, but we still didn't have a licensed contractor on board. We had a maybe, and... As we tried to get a hold of the maybe, it, it ended up falling through. And now we're at the Thursday before the fair opens. And just so you know, the fair opens on a Thursday. So I'm talking seven days out. Seven days out, and we don't have a booth. We don't have a contractor to build the booth, right? So so this is a huge hang-up. And at this point, we're all kind of wondering, is this even going to happen, right? So, But we didn't give up. We, we did not. We not moved mountains. Yes. We, we all know the happy ending to this, right? So. Yeah, we had a booth. <laughs> we had a booth. We had an amazing booth at the State Fair. So I reached out to a neighbor who uh, I know doesn't necessarily share the same political leanings as I do um, and asked not for them to help build it, but if they could offer some ideas and resources of where we could go to ask. And I was given the National Association of Remodeling Industries, or NARI. So... I went on Nari's website and I looked up licensed contractors in Minnesota and started looking at the names on the list, grabbed my phone, started typing the names into Facebook. And anytime I found someone who looked like they were the right person, they usually had their company name listed on their Facebook page, so I knew it was the right person, I'd go into their about and scroll through all of their likes and groups if those were visible. 
And on the fourth or fifth name, I found somebody who belonged to one of the Pete for America groups, not the Minnesota for Pete Facebook group, which is why he didn't hear our initial cries for help, but one of the national groups. And so I sent him an email explaining our situation and asking for some help. This is amazing to me. I mean, you're, the way your mind works, this is oh, it's amazing to me. I, I your swear, perseverance. I swear I'm not a Facebook stalker. Like, no, the first you, time I've done you this. You were on a mission. You were on a mission. So, it was panic um, mode. Yes, it was. It was. Um, and I kept going because I didn't want all my eggs in one basket. And I found somebody else who had some Democratic page likes, even though they weren't Pete pages necessarily, um, and emailed him as well. Later in the day, the first person got back to me and said, you know, I really have no room in my schedule, but since it's for Pete, I'm in. <laughs> because again, Yay! the Pete the effect. Pete effect yes. yes. So, um, and actually the second person came back the next day and said, I could probably do it if you still need someone. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, pretty amazing. And so that was Thursday. Thursday, we found out, okay, yay, we have a contractor. Thank God. Big weight off our shoulders. And this is where things just went right from then on. Somebody at the fair must like Pete because we had some pretty prime real estate. We were right in front of the Butterfly House, which is a really widely visited exhibit. We were one block down from the DFL. We were at the corner of the two busiest streets on the fair. It was amazing. We started building our booth that Saturday. People put in a 14-hour day that Saturday, right? It was long. We worked the next five days on building and painting and decorating, putting up curtains, getting lights up, finishing details. It didn't rain. And I don't know how many of you are listening to this from Minnesota, but we have had record amounts of rainfall this year. So the fact that it did not rain for five days straight is amazing. There's so many people from our, our group who put in time, a lot of, lot of hours and trips to buy lumber and supplies and trucks and vans and staying until past dark. We had one woman sewing in the back of her car by the light of her car light. Because you need curtains <laughs> for your paint booth. Absolutely. <laughs> and we ran into Peyton. so many nice people too. The people who run the booths at the fair are the nicest folk. So the man who runs the butterfly house, he'd turn his lights on for us when it got dark and we were still there working so that we could see what we were doing. The man who worked the burger booth across the street from us offered to let us charge the battery for the lights there the overnight. Lights, yeah, I'm going to have Melanie. You had the the light lights camera action. No, the, the lights, the final final touch after everything was built and painted. Right. Yeah. So we were looking at the booth like a few days before, and we thought this booth needs some like festive lighting to really draw people in and to make it look more cozy because we have the curtains, which really added a lot of coziness, but we kind of thought it needed some sparkle. So we kind of kept doing different kinds of lights or testing out um, a couple. We had like battery operated, like, I don't know what kind of lights they were. LEDs? Yeah, like LED kind of lights. And then someone, I think it might have been Kelly, had the like patio lights. And we thought, oh, these are perfect. But then our, our obstacle for the lights was where can we plug them in because we're not supposed to use the plug-in that's right next to our booth. Well, there's an extra charge if you have a booth with electricity. Right, and we wanted to save the campaign some money, and we're, you know, we were funding a lot of this ourselves too. So we thought, okay, how can we problem solve? And so we ended up using 
the battery for the trolling motor on um, our canoe at home. And we kind of just stuck it in the in I the didn't know it was from booth. there. Wow. Yeah. Everything's <laughs> got a story. We uh, lazy canoe. So oh, <laughs> we put that trolling motor on the back and I, it's really fun. I won't uh, tell anyone. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a secret. Yeah, it's Not definitely really. a secret. Uh, so we ended up putting that in the booth and we said, well, okay, it will last for an entire day, but we don't know if it's going to last 12 whole days. How are we going to charge it? without just sticking it outside at night secretly and hoping no one takes it or unplugs it and says, you can't do this. Um, so we talked to the the guy who ran the burger stand across the street and s- asked him, hey, can we maybe plug in our battery here? And he said, yeah, of course. Um, so every night we would drag this really heavy battery. It took one or two people to carry it across the street. Um, but he let us charge it all 12 days. And that was really, really nice of him. So it was great. And, and we sent businesses away. We oh, told, yeah. we told everyone. The, we found out they have the best and the cheapest burgers. Like $2. And beers. Yeah. Cheap and beer, beer, too. Cheap beer, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and we had so many people come up to the booth, right? Uh, could you tell us about the bean pole that yeah. we had out there, Melanie? The bean pole is really cool. So we gathered up some of the main um, issues and policies that Pete has talked about in his speech and we put jars out in front of our booth that had those um, topics like um, gun reform and healthcare and education and racial justice. And there were a few others um, on, on there. We had like eight or nine, I think. And we would, as a conversation starter, say, hey, would you like to vote in our bean poll? And then, you know, depending on what bean they put in, we could engage with them about different um, talking points like, oh, have you heard about Pete's healthcare plan? Have you heard about his Douglas plan? Have you heard about, you know, did you know that his husband is a teacher? Um, so it was a really, really easy way to start talking to people who came up to our booth. Yeah, it's amazing. People really do get in- engaged that way. And you'd think, oh, do people still want to do bean polls? But they definitely do. Absolutely. Yeah, and Gina, I know you really liked actually standing when it was when you were staffing the booth. You stood out in the street and uh, could uh, get people to come to the booth that way. I know. Yeah, there were a lot of people who who would stop and stand like eight feet back from the booth, looking at it as they tried to decide like, should I or shouldn't I? Like, do I really want to get involved in this? Um, and so the bean pole was a really non-threatening way to invite people in. You know, hey, come on, just pick which issue is most important to you. You only get to pick one. That's the hard part, you know, because everyone wanted to pick more than one because they're all important, right? And um, and that opened up the way for conversation. And then all you had to do was say, have you heard of Pete? And most people had. And then they'd just tell you all they heard about Pete. And they basically just would talk themselves right. into they, all the reasons they like him. <laughs> and then they signed their name on our clipboards. And we got how many people? 1,600 people signed up wow. to get more information for Pete for America. So definitely worth all that effort to get the booth Absolutely. Booth and just to throw another number out there, too. Oh, you know, we talked numbers. about how many volunteers and how... how big grassroots Minnesota is, we had 75 volunteers step up and help staff that booth over the course of the two weeks. 75. That's amazing, guys. That's awesome. The other, my other favorite part about our booth is that we had Flat Pete. So our cardboard cutout, Pete. Flat Pete is almost life-size. Almost life-size. It was, it was not quite there, but no. the number of people that wanted to stop and take a picture with Flat Pete um, was amazing. And on rainy days, there were a couple 
we put flat Pete inside and we'd kind of let people step just inside the booth to take a picture. And that was, that was a big hit, I think, was having a flat Pete. We had a lot of a positive reaction to Pete, just a, a few, you know, un- unusual or interesting comments, but by far everything was uh, really positive that we were hearing about Pete. And then we could t- tell people go to the DFL booth and uh, they had a bean poll also for, for the, all, the whole primary, all the candidates. And Pete did really well in that one too. Yeah, he was, so was, he, he, like was he was, he was like second or third second. Yeah. Yeah, with Amy. Right. We so. sent people over there. Absolutely. Oh my God. Well, so what happened to the booth afterwards? So the fair says, you know, you have to take that booth. Or, or else. <laughs> yeah, you have to get it out there by a deadline. Um, and so uh, several of us reached out to different charities, um, nonprofits, and uh, finally got a, a hit for one of them to take it. So we were able to donate that booth as it was afterwards so it gets to have a second life. Now I'm going to move over to the next major thing that happened in our group, and that was we took a busload of people down to the Iowa Steak Fry. It was the Polk County Steak Fry. And I'm gonna bring Steve in here to talk about that. And in full transparency, I have to say, he is my husband. I is live that here. true? Is that true? Okay. And to start out, you, you do work in IT, don't you? I do. Oh, I just wanted to make the sure The studio that looks familiar to me. I, I just wanted to everyone to know that Pete has the IT vote. <laughs> At least yours. So before we talk about the steak fry, what is it about Pete that you like? I'm impressed by the fact that he enlisted in the Navy Reserves in uh, 2009. I'm reading his book, The Shortest Way Home. Many of the positive aspects I've heard already, like the way he answers questions. He's articulate, of course, but he gives a earnest answer to and back to the, his life story, just the fact that he could have taken the easy path. He's a Harvard grad and did the Rhodes Scholar in, in politics and economy and worked for McKinsey, a well-known consulting group. And anyone in that position, anyone could have stayed on that gravy train and had a, made a good income and so forth. But he chose to enlist to serve his country with a whole list of despites, you know, despite his background, he he uh, uh, he is uh, entitled not to, but he did anyway. And at a time when the Iraq War was, I mean, he knew what he was getting into. It was Afghanistan. Okay, he went to Afghanistan, but I, what I mean is, he knew what he was getting into, and he enlisted uh, despite all that. And that's impressive. Yeah. It really is. And the shortest way home we'll keep plugging is the best way to get to know Pete, in addition to the rabbit hole of videos. But we went yeah. down to Des Moines, Iowa on a bus full of 50 people from Minnesota, yes. and, and Katie uh, organized that, Katie and Kelly, and we left at 6 a.m. Uh, so I felt like I was in college again, I, and it was an amazing experience. All the candidates were speaking at the steak fry, and we were going to be Pete's cheering section. What did you yeah. think about that? I know I dragged you along. Oh, it was fun. I'm glad I went. I've I've volunteered on campaigns in the past, a little bit, but not a whole lot. I've done door knocking for the DFL here, the Democratic Farmer Labor Party here in Minnesota. 
I did some door knocking for for the Hillary Clinton campaign because in 2016 I uh, wanted to make sure that she won and not Donald Trump. Not candidly that I was. Uh, anyway, I volunteered for that campaign, did some door knocking. I've done things like that, but I've never done anything like um, this uh, Iowa steak fry, which I kind of heard of, I guess, about the candidates flipping some steaks down there, but very vaguely. But for this time, I had a chance to go, and it was very interesting. And apart from the candidates, uh, it was also an insight into the people who are volunteering for Pete's campaign, uh, to name two, uh, Kelly and uh, Katie, Katie, Katie mm -hmm. who organized this coach, at, which left South Minneapolis at 6 a.m. It took us down there. And just to give you an idea of their, their um, attention to detail and willingness to help out the campaign, their commitment, they organized all this stuff, which is a lot. And then on the bus, I, I was talking to uh, my seatmate, a uh, gal from uh, North Dakota, and this lady comes up to me, Kelly, with $11. She said, here's, here's your refund. She was going person to person with an envelope with tens and an envelope of ones. Here's your 11. Katie. Here's your 11. It was Katie, okay. And, and I thought, okay, what is this? I'm on this bus. I don't even know how I paid for it, and now I'm getting $11 back. Uh, and, and it, it, it was all because of the... Uh, well, we didn't know how many people would, would actually would be going, and you have to plan all these things in advance and, and secure the bus and, and the, the price per person is based on how many people. Yes, so I found good, out, we had more people come. And uh, I found out about that later. And then on the way back... She had little gift bags for us, like with uh, little... Uh, little candy, Little mini Snickers or something. <laughs> you, you didn't hear about that, did you? No, I didn't uh, hear about that. The others weren't here. So once we got there, we and got so, yellow T-shirts. Everybody f who was uh, there for Pete, we all had the same T-shirts. And I think there were 1,300 people for Pete yes. there. So and it was amazing. 1,300 people for, for yeah, Pete? and in the yellow T-shirts. Thousands of people in total. Mm -hmm. It's a gigantic event held on the grounds of the Des Moines Waterworks, a big open park. And we saw Pete, of course, and the, the Pete bus, and he gave us a little rallying speech before the, the main event, which we all walked into. And that was your first time seeing Pete in person? That was my first mm -hmm. time seeing Pete in person. And he had the, this uh, blue bus, which I later learned would kick off a, a tour of part of Iowa, with the press on the bus. Yes, the southern part of Iowa, yes. So I, I've seen Pete at the Iowa State Fair. I saw him there. And then when he was in Minneapolis on May 2nd, I saw him. I know, Melanie, you saw him at the house party that day? I did. Okay, and then Gina... I have not seen Pete yet. Well, see, now we have to uh, we have to do something about I, that. I have to rectify that. Yes, definitely. We'll get, get to that. Oh. You know what? I want to bring in now a new member because we keep attracting new people. Pete, I should say, Pete keeps attracting new people. <laughs> it's, it's not us. It's Pete. New members to our group every day. And uh, we have Mary here with us who recently found our Minnesota group. Mary, can you tell, you tell us about your work and family life and then how you found Pete and what you like about him? Sure, absolutely. Uh, so my name is Mary. I'm a married mother of three. 
Um, I'm a former English teacher. I actually now work for my friend's Etsy business. She does wedding invitations. And I also do some guest blogging for a environmentally minded travel agency in Iceland called Nordic Green Travel. Um, I'm a huge Iceland lover and that's a conversation for another day. Um, but that is something also that I do. Um, so I was trying to think about when Pete first came on the scene for me. And um, I believe it was sometime in March. He had a viral moment. Um, I believe it was the CNN town hall. And he was asked a question about Pence. Um, being, would that be a better alternative than Trump? And he had a moment. He, had a, he made a face. Um, and it ended up going viral. Um, and so that was my first introduction to him, actually, was he just kind of came across my Facebook, uh, you know, this little video you know, clip of him. And I, it really endeared me to him because it was such a genuine moment. Um, and I was like, who is this guy? You know, he's not one of the big names that's running. Um, and, you know, kind of as what can happen, once I knew of him, I started to see him everywhere. And I think he kind of burst onto the scene after that. That's at least my experience. Um, I started to see him doing interviews everywhere on Fox, on TMZ. Um, and the more I saw him speak, the more I liked what I was hearing. And so um, I would say it was a couple months actually of just paying attention, just listening to him, uh, learning more. By summer, I was really excited by him, uh, excited about him, excuse me, um, to the point where I got onto his main webpage, said I wanted to volunteer, bought my first Pete swag, you know. Hey, Pete swag. You got to love the Pete swag, okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, and so that's kind of how I have come to find the, the Minnesota groups is once I was contacted about my, my interest in volunteering, um, you know, somebody, somebody phoned me, said you need to get into these groups on Facebook, and, and so that's kind of how it started for me. Oh, so you are still uh, still new to our group, and and we have so many events going on that you're now seeing now that you're on our, our Facebook page. And um, Gina, can I ask you to talk about how, how all these events that we've got going on? What's how many? Lots of them everywhere. Lots of them. Uh, we probably have an event going on every day of the week um, throughout Minnesota. So we start a newsletter just to help keep track of all these events and start emailing it out to people who have asked to subscribe to it. And Mary, being new to our group, we just found out is not subscribed. So we are going to fix that. We, we uh, definitely are. <laughs> but um, so... We, we make a one-pager every week just rounding up the events, and, and there's probably, you know, 10 events for two weeks out. Every single week, we round them up. Different kinds of events. Copies, yes. happy hours, um, game nights, make your own buttons. Make We've got make your own T-shirts and sweatshirts coming up. Um, we, we have debate night watch parties. We get out in front of crowds. We we do things at festivals. We did a Mexican oh, Independence honk. Day. Oh, honking, honking waves. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, all, all kinds of signage everywhere getting Pete's name out. So we do have a, a Midwest regional director now from the campaign who is guiding us, but she does have nine states, so we are still uh, handling our grassroots effort, but we are trying to do things in every congressional district to make sure that we're not just keeping everything in the Twin Cities, that we've got things all throughout the state. We try to do service projects. Yeah. Um, 
carrots for Pete. Steve, I, you worked on the service project, yeah. Yes, it was Second Harvest Food Bank. And I'm glad you mentioned that because we're involved in something that's about a campaign for a better America. But like in our in our personal lives or in some some of our employers encourage us to do other things. We do other things in church and volunteering. I love that the Pete campaign, that Pete himself has this service idea, and it doesn't necessarily mean military service, although in his case it did. <laughs> and then applied to the local level, it means if you're involved in this campaign, we want you to do more than just contribute to this campaign. And so the local organization has volunteer events. I went to one of them. It was great. It involved a massive supply of carrots. Second harvest. We did Second. carrots the whole night. I was dreaming about carrots that night uh, because uh, of... Um, uh, we had anyway, to put them in a huge 40-pound. 40, 40 yeah, we had put a, from a huge, huge box into 40-pound boxes. Giant boxes of carrots into 40-pound boxes of carrots to go out to food shelves and other agencies. And that's just one of the volunteer We try to do one really a neat. month. I know, Melanie, you, you had something to... Yeah. Um, well, a couple of things. So, I mean, the whole service thing is another thing I really like about Pete and his campaign. It, he just is calling us to be the best version of ourselves. And I haven't seen that as like a, a direct, you should do this. You should be the best person that you can be, go out into your community and doesn't even have to be for Pete, just do things that help others. Um, and then we also had another one where we were sorting um, food for kids. Oh, yeah, the, the Sheridan Project. Yeah, that was another service. really, really good service project we did earlier this year. And then there was Arcs Value Village, which was sorting out donations also. And then upcoming in November, I think there's at least three service events planned already. So while we're encouraged to do one a month, we're really taking a hold of that and, and making service a part of our lives. Right. So service projects and then also like PETUPS, those, that's where we have coffee or happy hour and we're hopefully attracting the newer people like Mary who haven't been involved yet to, to stop by and meet other volunteers. And then we also do visibility. Melanie, were you at the, um, the run? The Twin Cities Marathon? I was. Yeah, I was not running. <laughs> um, I, I do run, but marathon is way beyond my my skill level. Um, but we were, yeah, standing just on the, on the street with, um, we had a sign that showed a picture of Pete running because Pete's a runner, um, which is why, one reason why we thought it would be really cool for us to have a presence there. Um, but we stood on the side and um, had like those cowbell things that you just... Uh, like jingle around for three, four hours um, and some signs. And we actually had someone stop while they were running and like grab a button and take a picture with our flat Pete that we had. Um, that was during, I think, the, the 10K or the, oh. ten, the 10 mile right. run. Well, I saw the picture of Pete running was a great, great way to get people's attention. Absolutely. For sure. And it's thousands of people, I think, at the Twin Cities Marathon. There right? are a lot. And I mean, there are people that would run by that say, oh, he's a runner. Or yes. they would say like, "Oh, Pete, I like him." Just kind of shouting it out as they, mm -hmm. you know, ran past on mile like I think we're on mile like twenty or something. So 
we talked to a lot of people about Pete and what that's called is relational organizing. That's what we're doing here. Uh, Instead of knocking on doors at this point, but just talking to everybody we know about Pete. And it's so easy to do. I think he's a real soft sell. Like most people, if they've seen him, they like him, right? Or if they just don't know yet about him. And I'm going to ask ask Mary. So have, have you been talking to family and friends about Pete? Or I can't stop talking about my man, Pete. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows about him who's in my life. Um, actually, just talking about the, the relational, is it organizing that you're calling it? Yeah. Uh, my parents are two examples. Um, you know, I said, Hey, have you seen this guy, Pete? Oh yeah, I've seen him. I'm not so sure. I said, pay attention, keep watching him. I'm telling you, you're going to love him and he's our guy. And they are both fully on board now. Um, and actually, you know, my mom is getting in on some of the organizing with me and, um, just getting more, getting more active. I mean, um, other people have talked about sort of their involvement in this campaign so far and their past experience. This is brand new territory for me. Um, I would say prior to 2016, uh, I was always a voter, but never have I ever felt compelled to get involved. But I think one of the ways that I've really tried to combat some of the, uh, the sense of hopelessness and helplessness that this administration has has brought is to focus on change and focus on hope and um, what I can do, what's in my control. And so that has definitely been putting my time and my energy into someone that I really believe in, and that's Pete. And so, you know, my, my parents are two examples of people that I've kind of gotten on board just through, just through speaking about my genuine, um, you know, feelings regarding him and just how how much I think he's the person that we need to lead and kind of heal the divisiveness that has has is so rampant right now in this country. And um, I look forward to just continuing to to talk about him to anyone who really will listen, and even those who won't. Let's be honest. Um, and part of that is sometimes even just wearing my my Pete stuff out in public, hoping that someone might feel compelled to ask about him or um, want to have a conversation. I'm just trying to open myself up to some of those kind of organic conversations that could come about. So, yeah. I, I found that uh, anytime somebody asked me, what are you doing this weekend or what did you do this weekend? I try to incorporate Pete into my answer somehow. <laughs> so, oh, I, I went to this uh, coffee volunteer thing for Pete Buttigieg. Oh. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and and I mention it all the time. <laughs> and people ask, what are you doing? That's a, that's a great way. And what? then it's a great way to... to um, sell him, I guess, because you're not actually saying you should vote for him. It's more like you should look at him. You should, you should, you know, watch his videos. And did you see the debate? And just so he's on the radar. Yeah. There was one time where I was in a subway getting a sandwich and I was wearing a Pete shirt or a Pete button and someone said, who's Pete? And so I got to kind of talk about Pete while I was ordering my sandwich. And, you know, like otherwise, you know, that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't been wearing my Pete gear in the wild. <laughs> I have I have a Team Pete sticker on my car, and uh, sometimes people think it's some sort of sports team that they're missing out on. <laughs> oh, what's, what's Team Pete? And I said, oh, Pete Buttigieg, he's running for president. Oh. And then I, I got kind of a nod of approval there. Steve, have you been talking to anybody about Pete? I know uh, in your office it's probably not, uh, you don't talk politics that much, but... Oh, we do, and I've I've mentioned Pete Buttigieg to my young colleagues. One of my concerns 
is uh, apathy. We've talked about uh, division in the country, but there's also an element of apathy. There's a young fellow I work with. He's got two little kids, and he, he doesn't vote. And it's not that he voted and was disappointed, and I won't vote anymore. He never votes. Eh. So it's hard to get that I have interested. to bite my tongue because... Okay. Uh, uh, but yes, I have, I've mentioned, Pete, it's, it's at a pretty shallow level of understanding. Like there's just some jokes about his last name, like, oh, you know, that's, that, that won't work, <laughs> that kind of thing. But, um, and then also I have to be mindful in any office place in, when, when you're a player, you don't, you don't know where people are coming from. And it doesn't mean it's going to lead to an argument. It just, you just don't know. So there's this young guy from Wisconsin. He comes in from uh, Menominee and he offered, he volunteered because I usually, I'm pretty cautious about it, getting in on the political discussion that is, because I'm, I'm really interested in it, but many people aren't. And I remember when he volunteered to me, I didn't even bring it up that he voted for Trump. And he said with, uh, with, uh, earnest and flat inflection. He said, yeah, I thought he'd be a good businessman. You know, I thought he'd run the country like he did his business. Okay. So he regrets his vote. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what's in people's heads. Okay. Well, you... why, why would anybody think that? But so I, I talk about Pete with a light touch, but you know, I roll I more. It, I think it, I think it really works. I think the, the light touch really works. Have any of you, uh, I just wanted to know if you've encountered anybody who was f like this, a f former Republican or a current Republican who's interested in, in Pete. Is he going to get the crossover vote? I've talked to a couple of people who I know aren't necessarily as liberal as I am. Uh, <laughs> and, and I don't think I'm like very far liberal myself, but um, some people who are very conservative. And both of them... I, I've taken the light touch approach, like Steve said, um, kind of, you know, I've been doing a lot of volunteering for a political campaign and, and just kind of working that into the conversation, but not really bringing it up. And then eventually one of them said, well, can I ask who it is that you're doing the volunteering for? And I said, Pete Buttigieg. And she, she just, corners of her mouth kind of went up. She got this little smile and she just, I like Pete, <laughs> you know, uh, and and that's the reaction I've gotten from a couple people who I would not have expected that from. Yeah, I have a lot of um, conservative family members, and um, oftentimes when I see them, they'll say, "How's Pete doing?" Or because they know I'm really involved with you know Twitter and you know volunteering, um, so I'll get those kinds of questions, and they are the first ones to say that they don't like someone because they think they're way too far out um, in left field. And um, I have other conservative family members that when I got my picture with Pete back in May, they liked it on Facebook and they're the ones that are saying, oh, you know, those liberals and their mm -hmm. you know, terrible ideas and their terrible personalities. And um, But when I posted that picture, they, for whatever reason, liked it. Mm -hmm. I think this is, yeah, he really can attract that. We recently had Trump make a visit to Minnesota and hold a rally. And somebody I know posted about going to the rally and posted all her pictures. And she's she she voted for him. She was really gung-ho posting about him when he was first elected. It's kind of quieted down. Um, and so this is the first time she's posted about Trump in a long time. She went on Facebook and wrote a very long post about these are the reasons why I like Trump. And she laid them out, one, two, and three. And I read through them and I, and I wrote her back and said, funny, 
those are all the reasons I like Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> um, Great segue. And, yeah. Well, it, it was That's really it, revealing. It, it, it was interesting it? that um, the, the things she picked and chose from Trump were not things that are necessarily like far right things. And so I actually messaged her privately after that and told her a little bit more about him. And she said, he actually sounds right up my alley. I haven't heard of him. I'll have to check him out. Wow. So yes. she's open to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have something else you wanted to say, Mary? Well, I, I just wanted to say, I mean, for me, this is one of the big reasons I love Pete is I think he has a broad appeal. I think he can bridge the divide. I think we can get people that are, quote, on the other side or moderates or people who sat out the last election to vote for Pete. And I think uh, you guys talk about the light touch that you use. And I think that's all you need with Pete, because I feel like the minute you learn about him, he sells himself. Like you, you don't need to go hard. You don't need to go aggressive because he's just got that that magic something that I can't quite put my finger on, but you just feel it. And so, the big thing I'm hoping to do in getting involved is just to get his name out there, because you know to think about where he's come from and how he's moving up in the polls. I find that really, really encouraging. And there's still so many people who don't know about him. So it's like, let's just keep up the efforts and see where this goes. So I think he has broad appeal. Um, That's one of the things I love about him. Yeah. Uh, Yes, it's exciting. So if anybody's listening to this and wants and feels like you're still not really quite on board, but you want more information. I mean, the first thing to do is to go to the um, PeteForAmerica.com and then sign up saying that you're interested in information. And basically, you'll be matched based on your, your zip code with uh, activities, events that are and groups that are, are close to you. And reading Shortest Way Home, I think that's Pete's, that's Pete's memoir, is that's... You know that's that will sell him too if 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 you haven't been sold watching him. Um, Melanie, you had something that you wanted to add? Um, yeah. So on the website, you can also just search for events that are near you, um, and that's a really good way if you're just looking to get involved and find something to do soon. I mean, they're popping up all over the place. Um, so even before you sign up or while you're signing up, you can also look for events like at the same time. Their their website, the Pete for America website, is really great too because you can go to the Meet Pete section or the Ask section. And on one of those, you can type in a search of a keyword of any topic that's kind of your hot button issue. Or if you're talking to somebody and you want to know how to counter something um, or give information, it'll bring you to a video on that topic. And if it's like an hour long interview that he did on a on a talk show it'll bring you to the exact minute and second that he starts talking about that topic so you don't have to go fishing around for information it's all all the work is done for you and that was a really cool thing that started as part of our um, grassroots um, twitter and social media accounts they were asking for volunteers to help tag those videos and transcribe it which Oh, was I a had really no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was a big project. Thank you for doing that. Well, I, I I didn't, but I know people. Who <laughs> you did. know people who did. Okay. Yeah. It, it used to be its own separate website, and the campaign took it over. Wow. I mean, there's there's so much information out there for people. Well, thank you very much for for uh, talking today, Gina, Melanie, and Mary and Steve. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to Twitter Travels for Pete. Everyday people excited about Pete Buttigieg for president. I wonder where I'll be going next. <laughs>